The Watchtower, Study Edition, May 2024 Study Article 18 This article will be studied during the week of July 8th through 14th. Trust in the Merciful Judge of All the Earth Theme Text Will the Judge of All the Earth Not Do What is Right? Genesis 18, 25 Song 1 Jehovah's Attributes Focus To deepen our understanding of Jehovah's mercy and justice regarding the resurrection of unrighteous people. Paragraph 1. Question. What comforting lesson did Jehovah teach Abraham? It was a conversation that Abraham never forgot. Through an angel, God told Abraham that he was going to wipe out the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. That faithful man was troubled. He asked, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Will the judge of all the earth not do what is right? Jehovah patiently taught his beloved human friend a lesson that benefits and comforts us all. God will never destroy righteous people. Genesis 18, 23-33 Paragraph 2, Question What assures us that Jehovah's judgments are righteous and merciful? How can we be sure that Jehovah's acts of judgment are righteous and merciful? Because we know that Jehovah sees into the heart of people. 1 Samuel 16, 7 In fact, He knows every human heart. 1 Kings 8, 39 That is an amazing truth. Jehovah's judgments are infinitely beyond our understanding. Fittingly, the Apostle Paul was inspired to say of Jehovah God, How unsearchable His judgments are! Romans eleven thirty three. Paragraphs 3 and 4 question, What may we wonder about at times, and what will we consider in this article? Still, we may sometimes have questions similar to the ones that Abraham raised. We may even wonder, is there any future hope for such people as those judged in Sodom and Gomorrah? Might any of them be included in the resurrection of the unrighteous? Acts 24, 15 Let us review what we understand about the resurrection. Recently, we received a clarified understanding of the resurrection of life and the resurrection of judgment. John 5, 28 and 29 reads, Do not be amazed at this, for the hour is coming in which all those in the memorial tombs will hear His voice and come out, those who did good things to a resurrection of life, and those who practiced vile things to a resurrection of judgment. This clarification has led to further adjustments, which will be discussed in this article and in the one that follows. Regarding Jehovah's righteous judgments, we will first consider what we do not know and then what we do know. What we do not know Paragraph 5 Question What have our publications suggested in the past regarding those who perished at Sodom and Gomorrah? 
In the past, our publications have considered the question of what happens to those whom Jehovah judges as unrighteous. We have said that for such individuals as those in Sodom and Gomorrah, there is no hope of a future resurrection. But further prayerful study has raised the question, can we really say that with certainty? Paragraph 6, Question. What are some examples of Jehovah's judgments against unrighteous people, and what do we not know? Consider a number of related questions. Several Bible accounts describe Jehovah's judgments against unrighteous people, such as the unknown numbers who died in the flood, or the seven nations in the promised land that Jehovah ordered His people to devote to destruction or the 185,000 Assyrian soldiers slain by an angel of Jehovah in a single night. In these cases, does the Bible give us enough information to determine that Jehovah sentenced all those individuals to eternal destruction with no hope of a resurrection? No, it does not. Why can we say that? Paragraph 7, Question What do we not know regarding the people who were destroyed in the flood or in the conquest of Canaan? We do not know how Jehovah judged each individual, nor do we know whether those who were killed had an opportunity to learn about Jehovah and to repent. In regard to the time of the flood, the Bible does say that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2.5. But it does not say that while he was building a colossal ark, he was also attempting to reach every individual on earth who would face destruction in the deluge. Similarly, in the case of the nations of Canaan, we do not know if all those wicked people had an opportunity to learn about Jehovah and change their ways. In the cover picture for paragraph 7, we see Noah and his family working on the partially constructed ark. In the distance, a village surrounded by forest can be seen. The cover picture description and caption read, Noah and his family are working on the colossal ark. It is not known if Noah led an organized preaching campaign during that time of construction to reach all the peoples of the earth before the flood came. Paragraph 8, question, What do we not know regarding the people of Sodom and Gomorrah? What of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah? A righteous man named Lot lived in their midst. But do we know that Lot preached to all of them? No. They were certainly wicked. But did they all know any better? Recall that a crowd of men in that city sought to rape Lot's guests. The Bible says that the mob ranged from boy to old man. Genesis 19.4 Do we really know that the merciful God Jehovah condemned each one to death with no hope of a resurrection? Jehovah assured Abraham that there were not even ten righteous men in that city. So they were unrighteous, and Jehovah justly held them accountable for their actions. Can we say for certain, then, that none of them will rise in the resurrection of the unrighteous? No, we cannot say for sure. Paragraph 9, question, What do we not know regarding Solomon? On the other hand, 
we also read in the Bible of righteous people who became unrighteous. King Solomon is an example. He was thoroughly instructed in God's ways and greatly blessed by Jehovah. Yet he later turned to worshiping false gods. His sins made Jehovah furious and brought consequences that lasted for centuries. True, the scriptures do say that Solomon was laid to rest with his forefathers, including such faithful men as King David. 1 Kings 11, 5-9, and 43. But was the manner of his burial a guarantee that he would be resurrected? The Bible does not say. Some might reason, though, that the one who has died has been acquitted from his sin. Romans 6, 7. True, but this does not mean that all who have died will be resurrected, as if a new life were a right that they have earned. Resurrection is a gift from a loving God. He bestows it on those whom He wants to give an opportunity to serve Him forever. Will Solomon receive such a gift? Jehovah knows the answer. We do not. We do know, though, that Jehovah will do what is right. What we do know. Paragraph 10, question. How does Jehovah feel about destroying humans? Ezekiel 33:11 reads, Tell them, As surely as I am alive, declares the Sovereign Lord Jehovah, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that someone wicked changes his way and keeps living. Turn back, turn back from your bad ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? When it comes to the way he judges humans, Jehovah kindly reveals to us how he feels. The Apostle Peter was inspired to echo what the prophet Ezekiel wrote, saying that Jehovah does not desire anyone to be destroyed. 2 Peter 3 In the light of that reassuring truth, we know that Jehovah is not quick to destroy people once and for all. He is profoundly merciful, and He shows mercy whenever possible. The picture for paragraph 10 shows a brother teaching resurrected ones in paradise. He is pointing at a whiteboard that has a drawing of the immense image described in Daniel chapter 2. The picture caption reads, In the resurrection of the unrighteous, a wide variety of people will receive an opportunity to learn about Jehovah. Paragraph 11, question, Who will not be resurrected, and how do we know that? What do we know about the people who will not be resurrected? The Bible offers only a few examples. Jesus indicated that Judas Iscariot will not be resurrected. Judas knowingly and willfully worked in opposition to Jehovah God and His Son. Similarly, Jesus said that some of the religious leaders who had opposed Him would die without a hope of resurrection. And the Apostle Paul warned that unrepentant apostates would not be resurrected. Paragraph 12, question, What do we know about Jehovah's mercy? Give examples. However, what do we know about Jehovah's mercy? How has He demonstrated that He does not desire anyone to be destroyed? 
Consider his mercy toward some who committed serious sins. King David got involved in a series of gross sins, including adultery and murder. Yet David repented, so Jehovah mercifully forgave him. King Manasseh was profoundly wicked for much of his life. Even in that extreme case, however, Jehovah responded favorably to that man's repentance and found a basis for extending mercy and forgiveness. These examples remind us that Jehovah shows mercy whenever He sees that there is a basis for doing so. He will resurrect such individuals because they realized that they had committed terrible sins and they repented. Paragraph 13, Question A. Why did Jehovah show mercy to the Ninevites? Question B. What did Jesus later say about the Ninevites? We also know about Jehovah's mercy toward the Ninevites. God told Jonah, Their wickedness has come to my attention. But when they repented of their sins, Jehovah kindly forgave them. He was far more merciful than Jonah was. God had to remind his angry prophet that those Ninevites did not even know right from wrong. Jonah 1, 1 and 2, and chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. Later, Jesus used that example to teach about Jehovah's justice and mercy. Jesus said that the repentant Ninevites would rise up in the judgment. Matthew 12, 41. Paragraph 14, question, What will the resurrection of judgment mean for the Ninevites? In what judgment would the Ninevites rise up? Jesus taught about a future resurrection of judgment. John 5, 29. He was referring to his thousand-year reign, during which both the righteous and the unrighteous will be resurrected. Acts 24, 15. For the unrighteous, this will be a resurrection of judgment. That is, Jehovah and Jesus will observe and evaluate their behavior and how they respond to divine teaching. If a resurrected Ninevite refuses to join in pure worship, his judgment will be one of condemnation. But for all those who choose to worship Jehovah faithfully, their judgment will be favorable. They will have the prospect of living forever. Paragraph 15, Question A. Why should we avoid saying that none of those destroyed at Sodom and Gomorrah will be resurrected? Question B. How may we understand the words recorded at Jude 7? When speaking of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus said that they would fare better on Judgment Day than would the people who rejected Him and His teachings. Matthew 10, 14 and 15, and chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. What did He mean? We might assume that Jesus was using hyperbole on this occasion. But that does not seem to be the case any more than when he was speaking of the Ninevites. The footnote reads, Hyperbole is the intentional and obvious use of overstatement or exaggeration in order to make a point. But Jesus' comment about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah could well be literal, so it is not hyperbole. Rather, it seems that Jesus meant what he said. 
The judgment day he referred to in both instances was surely the same. Like the Ninevites, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah did bad things. But the Ninevites had an opportunity to repent. Further, remember what Jesus said about the resurrection of judgment. It will include those who practiced vile things. John 5, 29. So it seems that there may be some hope for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. It is possible that at least some of those people will be resurrected, and we may have the opportunity to teach them about Jehovah and Jesus Christ. The following is supplementary information. What did Jude mean? Decades after Jesus died, his half-brother Jude wrote that Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them had undergone the judicial punishment of everlasting fire. Jude 7. What did Jude mean? Was he contradicting Jesus' message? No. Jesus did not say that everyone in Sodom and Gomorrah would be resurrected. Rather, he suggested that there was hope for at least some of them. It seems that the cities themselves, rather than all their inhabitants, were everlastingly destroyed as a dramatic warning against immoral conduct. What Jude wrote was in harmony with what the prophet Jeremiah had said when he explained that those wicked cities were just like ancient Edom and Babylon, which were destroyed forever, never to be rebuilt or inhabited again. Additionally, both Jude and the Apostle Peter allowed for the possibility that some of those people whom God had destroyed will not be resurrected. Returning to the article, Paragraph 16, Question, What do we know regarding how Jehovah will decide whom to resurrect? Jeremiah 17.10 reads, I, Jehovah, am searching the heart, examining the innermost thoughts, to give to each one according to his ways, according to the fruitage of his works. That verse helps us to summarize what we do know. Jehovah has always been the one searching the heart, examining the innermost thoughts. When it comes to the future resurrection, he will, as always, give to each one according to his ways. Jehovah will be firm when necessary, but merciful whenever possible. So we should not assume that a person has no hope of a resurrection unless we know that to be the case. The judge of all the earth will do what is right. Paragraph 17, question, What does the future hold for humans who have died? Ever since Adam and Eve joined Satan and rebelled against Jehovah God, billions of humans have died. The enemy death has reaped an enormous harvest. What lies ahead for all those people? A limited number, 144,000 in all, of Christ's faithful followers will receive a resurrection to immortal life in heaven. A vast number of faithful men and women who love Jehovah will be part of the resurrection of the righteous, and they will live forever on earth if they remain righteous during Christ's millennial reign and during the final test. Also during the millennium, the unrighteous, including those who never served Jehovah or who even practiced vile things, 
will be given an opportunity to change their ways and become faithful. However, some humans were so wicked, so determined to rebel against Jehovah and His purposes, that He has decided that there will be no resurrection for them at all. Paragraphs 18 and 19, Question A. Why can we be confident about Jehovah's judgments of those who have died? Question B. What will we consider in the next article? Do we have good reason for confidence regarding all of Jehovah's judgments, both favorable and unfavorable? Yes. As Abraham understood so well, Jehovah is the perfect, all-wise, merciful judge of all the earth. He has trained his son and delegated all judging to him. Both father and son can read what lies in each human heart. In every case, they will do what is right. Let us be determined to trust that Jehovah knows best. We recognize that we are not qualified to judge, but He is. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, declares Jehovah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we confidently leave all the judging to Him and His Son, the King, who perfectly reflects His Father's justice and mercy. What, though, can we say about divine judgments relating to the Great Tribulation? What do we not know? And what do we know? Our next article will take up those questions. Regarding the future resurrection of the unrighteous, what do we not know? What do we know? Why can we be confident that Jehovah's judgments will be righteous? Song 57, Preaching to All Sorts of People End of article